Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, I am your host. This is Wine Face. I'm Helen Johannesson, the owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. You don't know about Helen's, it's a gem box or jam box, little wine shop located in the back of a restaurant that I own with my business partners, John and Vinny. It's John and Vinny's. There's two locations, all in Los Angeles, but you can also visit us online if you want more details or if you live anywhere in California, you can shop online and we ship www.helenswines.com or follow along on Instagram at Helen's Wines. Listen, I have been working with wine experts, traveling the world, working with the best chefs, and I am taking everything that I know, putting it into this podcast to bring you the 411. Maybe you're into food. Maybe you're into wine. Maybe you don't even know what you want to get into and you're just here for fun. But I have the ticket for you today. If you were curious about what's happening in Australia, I have a lovely guest. Her name is Tess Bryant. I'm super excited. She is a new and upcoming wine importer and distributor. She's represented in 10 states. She has a lot of the most exciting winemakers coming out of Australia. It tickles me pink. And we did drink two pink wines. Tickles me pink that I have her on. Check it out. My conversation with Tess Bryant. Today, man, a woman, not man. (laughs) Today, I'm super excited. I have a relatively new friend and peer and colleague in the house with me. And literally we started having an email about boots. And then I was like, we got a podcast because you love boots. I love boots. We're going to talk about boots. I have Miss Tess Bryant here. Hi, Tess. Hello. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, coming to Wine Face. Get a little wine faced. That's not even, I'm just trying to use it as a verb recently. And my brother in law was using it as a verb in New York. And he was like, tonight we're going to go out, get wine faced. I was like, no. I was like, it sounds like shit faced, (laughs) which like I'm not always about, but. It's also 10 a.m. So. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give away our secrets, Tess. (laughs) So Tess is relatively new to the importing and distribution scene in California, but you also distribute, give us a little 411 on Tess Bryant selections. Yeah. I'm based in California. I live up in Sonoma, but I sell now in 10 states. 
So amazing. Working on expanding. I started just in California, New York last fall. Ooh. And I'm adding states little by little as I meet nice people who I want to work with and, you know, find nice places I want to visit. It's about a vibe. Yeah. Like I have a lot of friends and family up in Washington. So mm. I figured I might as well sell some wine up there. YOLO. My sister's in Colorado. So I'm trying to work on that. So I have a Mountains. good excuse to go there. Yeah. Fresh air. Yeah. Absolutely. High elevation. Hiking. Bears. <laughs> Oh my God, crazy high elevation. She nearly killed me the first time I went really? there. Really? Oh, wow. I, Aspen kind of freaked me out the first time I went there for the Food and Wine Festival, which, mm-hmm. whatever, no comment. But gorgeous, so green. You think like you're Super on beautiful. acid. I felt like I was oh, on wow. a psychedelic drug. It's like so many shades of green. But okay, so amazing. So you have 10 states. New York mm-hmm. is kind of a big deal. New York is a big deal. And, you know, I'm not there nearly as much as I should be. It's always so hectic and so exciting, but it's been really fun to go to like Washington, D.C. and like I said, Seattle. I'm going to Boston in a few weeks and all these other kind of non-New York, non-LA, non-San Francisco places where people get super excited about this type of wine and not everybody goes there. Everybody wants to go to New York all the time. Yeah. And their access is really limited. Like Boston. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of brides in Boston who want me to ship wine to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, honey, first of all, it's not legal yet for me to ship to you. And it's going to cost you a fortune for you to FedEx wine. So I'm like, I'll take the sale. I'll take the sale. But I'm like, there's got to be wine shops. And actually, I think there's only like one or two in Boston that are pretty balanced selection. But there's a great one in Providence. Like so random. I like these little strange outposts like that. You know, Mm. that's it's really like I was in um, Los Alamos on the way down here. And there's a fun little shop there called Botico Los Alamos. where They have like 20 wines on the shelf and some cool hats and a bunch of succulents. I was like, great. I've never been here. to Los Alamos. This was my first time. There's What's all these like? old buildings. There's like a crazy dive bar with, you know, moose heads on the wall. <laughs> and like good coffee, a great bakery. It's really tiny. It's just a one strip town. But That's my tiny town. Yeah. My tiny town. Right. <laughs> Can't speak. 10 a.m. I biked here. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know, because you're the only the second importer I've had mm-hmm. and I had Zev on and it was mm-hmm. great, but we had a, kind of a different conversation. So can you give people like just like a um, couple sentences about what does it mean what you're doing? Because I talk yeah. a lot about importers and distributors mm-hmm. and like, you know, give us the yeah. car well, pitch. I don't know. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> what you do is such an important part of what I do. So mm-hmm. I own my own business. I'm an importer and a distributor. So I both import wine from mostly from Australia, but a little bit from France, which, you know, means just bringing it to the U.S. And then I distribute it, which means I sell it. So I sell it to restaurants and wine bars, and I sort of have the job both of choosing which winemakers I want to work with and bring here, and then also choosing or hoping to get the wines into the fun places. Yeah. So not just selling them to like BevMo or whatever. Yeah, fuck um, them. Sorry. But, sorry, BevMo. You know. They're not, not a sponsor. The wines I work with are, there's not a lot of them, so I try to get them in the hands of people who are excited to drink them, and like I said, small fun little quirky places in in Los Alamos or DC or wherever. This is um, like no small feat though. Like getting the licensing, setting everything up. Like it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of work. You're making it sound very like oil of Olay or <laughs> Maybelline. I don't know. Cover girl. Talk me through like you started your company in 2018, which is last year. Last year. Yep. And you have like 
what, 20 different winemakers roughly? I have, I have around like 16 right now. Okay, so and close to 20. Yeah, so this is, I mean, it's my 10th year in the wine business in general. So I just started with my own company, but I had, you know, a really fantastic network of people who I knew who were willing to help me out and give me advice. And, you know, you mentioned Zev already. There's a lot of importers who I'm friends with who were, you know, really generous in, in helping me out and introducing me to the people who can help with all that paperwork stuff that Expedited. I don't know how to do. Oh. It definitely required a leap of faith to kind of give up on my former fancier job with a 401k. and What you know, was your former benefits. fancy job? I don't know. I worked for a New York-based wine importer and I ran their California sales. So I sold wine oh. up north and down here in LA and was sort of more, I was a manager, but more of a salesperson. And that's how I got introduced to the general idea of importing. They allowed me a lot of freedom and let me go to France and Spain to kind of help find growers to add to their portfolio. Which which portfolio? T. Edward Wines. Oh, you work for T. Edward? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. So I started their business in California. They, Amazing. They've been in New York for a long time, but weren't out West. So I helped get that rolling over here and worked for them for almost five years. Pioneering. And, um, doing my best. I love that. <laughs> so I've had a similar, I mean, we have very different career paths, but I worked in a very powerful job and then like sort of cut everything back, risked it all. Mm-hmm. Some might say to yeah. start my own business with my business partners, but I went from being like an employee to a partner, which is like very different. It is not that like big salary and et cetera. Like your path is suddenly unclear. Mm-hmm. Was there like one winemaker that you had met and you guys had had the conversation that flipped that switch? Or was it more like, I'm never going to get where I want to go where I currently am? Like what, talk to me about that moment. Yeah. Cause it's a scary one. It is. There certainly was, I mean, there was a group of winemakers, a small group of winemakers, mostly in the Adelaide Hills. And then one guy, Sam and Margaret River actually have some of their wines with me today. And you're but, talking about um, Australia, just so everybody Australia, knows. Yeah. Yes. So, we're going to get so, deep in Australia. Yeah. My, like I said before, my focus is on Australia, like 80, 90%. And it was going there and sort of meeting the young winemakers who are making really special natural wines that I had never seen in the U.S. before mm-hmm. that both got me re-excited about wine in general because I was sort of waning on my enthusiasm mm. after eight or nine there. years in the business. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, all growing organic gardens at home and had cute dogs and cute babies <laughs> yes. and like friends with each other and creating this sort of amazing environment together. And it just, yeah, it was really exciting and their wines were good. And mm. so meeting James from Jalma in particular and Sam Vinciulo from Margaret River, they were two people who I was like, oh my God, these wines are insane. How do not you know, more people know about them. And yeah, their support sort of of me in getting the wines over here was really, really invaluable. Why Australia? Mm -hmm. How did you end up there? Because I think people often have a misunderstanding of both New Zealand and Australian Mm -hmm. wine, and they think it's one thing and only that thing. But Mm -hmm. actually there's like so much more cool shit that's just nobody knew about it or no one was out there. Do you think it's because it's like way off in the ocean? Well, it's certainly far away. And logistically, it's just crazy complicated to get wine over here. It's Mm. super expensive and again, paperwork and refrigeration and all of that. But I mean, as I, I was working more with French and Spanish natural wine mm-hmm. and with my former job and sort of wondering where I was going to go next. And I spoke with my former boss, Tom, super nice guy. And he was like, Australia sounds cool. What if, you know, what if we take a look at it? So I went over sort of with his blessing and just cold called a bunch of people. I 
checked out restaurants and read their wine lists and found the Baracchios who are here in town. We're going to taste these wines. Jelma, you know, all these people. And a couple of them had, there were tricklings of their wines, but mostly just on the East Coast. And they were super expensive because of the, you know, various distribution routes they were going through. But yeah, I just cold called them and sort of said, can I come for a tasting? And was delighted at what I found. I tried to make it work through yeah. my old job. I like presented that this was my whole next portfolio. Question. Yeah. Interesting. You know, they like, I'll give you a piece of the action. Let's go in on this as partners. Well, I mean, I was an employee and I was like, let's just have this be a whole new division of the companies. I wanted to start an Australian natural wine portfolio through them. So and smart. Tom, you know, is a really great idea man and was really supportive of the idea. And it just, they're a large company and a lot of the winemakers who I was working with or trying to work with rather, they didn't know them. They were like, we like you. Right. And we're a small family farm. We do this, we do this, we do this. We don't want to really be in a big company based in New York with, you know, people behind desks. And it had nothing to do with them personally. They just were really supportive of the idea of helping me go out on my own. It's a vibe. Yeah, it was it was really exciting. And I was terrified. I was like, no way I can't (laughs) like maybe in five years. And then how did you overcome that? Well, I realized (laughs) that there were two things holding me back and it was just money and fear. Mm. And that at some point you just have to say, fuck it. And I went out and found some really nice people who loaned me some money. I didn't take on partners. Good. Yeah. Just the sole person. It's you. You just have to pay them back. And then it's all tests all the time. Mm -hmm. And tell, can you tell the people, because I have this feeling, but I'm curious how it's been for you. I mean, I'm sure you're still moving into year two. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's been ups and downs. It's stressful. It's Freaky Friday all the time. But how has your life changed since you like kind of stepped out and like, we're like, yo, I'm just fucking doing this and I'm going to live this truth. And you're going to have your Brene Brown moment, right? Do you listen to her? Oh no. I oh my oh, God. Yes, you should. Oh, like she's on Oprah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Wow. Super Soul Sundays. Just listen to her TED talk. It's inspirational, especially as a yeah. female business owner, I think. Okay, cool. Shout out Brene Brown. She's not listening to this, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know. My life has changed in pretty much every way. Amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sort of like how, how long do we have to talk about it even? I I have hours to talk about this. I, well, I think it's an, a message I think a lot of people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like fear is just a symptom. You like your life yeah. will change itself once you get over it. Absolutely. And for me, it was, I mean, obviously I said the money thing, but in terms of fear, it was like, why, why not? You know, most wine importers are twice my age and white dudes. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, why can't I be somebody who's doing that? I know how to do all these other components of the job. Like- Let's just give it a whirl. And why can't I put hot pink and scribbles on the back of my wine label Fuck instead yeah. of like little ugly black, hey, you know, whatever. you're preaching the choir over here. <laughs> totally. I was like, you're um, kindred, kindred. Yeah. So I quit my job and spent $200,000 of other people's money <laughs> the same week. Casual. <laughs> and uh, shipped a whole bunch of wine over here. And then soon after that, found that that sort of filtered into other areas of my life in terms of choosing what I want and what I'm excited about. And that ended up involving leaving my husband and moving out of my old house and going and finding a whole new life. Dude, the (laughs) overlap of us is so insane. Really? Like seriously, same, same. Like was married. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's great. Listeners, you're getting a lot of TMI from HJ, (laughs) but no, that's insane. That's literally... It was my life lot. is completely different based, and I think the trajectory of my decision to do this thing and mm-hmm. be like, I will take a 50%, 60% pay cut 
everything I've worked super hard for. Put it on yep. the line. Open a restaurant that we don't even know if everyone's going to like it. And mm -hmm. a wine shop that's really fucking confusing because it's in a closet. Yeah. And I was married. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It is insane. It seems like, it. you know, once you just figure out what you want in one area, it kind of filters. And I found that taking this big risk on natural Australian wine <laughs> was like pretty much as niche as you can get. And a lot of people said, OK, you're going to have to do this or you're going to have to do this. Or if you put limits on how many, you know, sulfites, whatever. Yeah. Or if you don't buy wine that's commercially made in some way or if you don't buy wine that's machine harvested, all of these things, people were telling me why I would fail. And I was like, who cares Scare what tactics. the rules were before? Yeah, that's like, so crazy. It can be as niche as, I don't have to be something for everyone. Mm -mm. So um, I just have to be something that I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, something for you. Yeah. So you now live in the countryside. I do. You like mm -hmm. live on a farm. Ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like- there's animals, birds there's, chirping. There's dogs, dogs there's and dogs. cats and dogs birds. Are the best. Yep, still working on um, working on animals Ugh. in general, but live in the woods. It's really lovely. Living in a new. I do life. a lot of driving, but you know the woods are, are for great. now. Mm -hmm. You do a lot of driving yeah. for now. That's what I tell myself because I do a lot of driving. I'm like, yeah. for now, amazing. I have so many things, but I don't think everyone wants us to just go <laughs> toe for toe on. And then what happened? Or maybe they do. Write in and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> So Australia, yeah. I think it's an, I've never talked about it on this podcast. We've maybe briefly talked about some wines, but that's why I was really excited to have you on to kind of talk about what is it? I've never been there. I've read about winemaking regions in Australia. It can be specific winemakers are like, what's the landscape like? Can you paint a little bit of a picture? Mm -hmm. I had zero idea of what I was getting myself into. I had never had an Australian wine that I even liked, Same. to be honest. Well, now I have. Thanks um, to Yeah, you. no, I mean, now I've had many and I was shot in the dark in many ways. But like, for instance, the first time I was like, okay, well, I'll just rent a car and I'll drive here and I'll drive here. And it turns out it was, you know, a 48 hour drive in between <laughs> the places I was interested in visiting. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to reevaluate. Australia is the same size as the US. Seriously? Geographically, it's, it's huge. It's massive. It's huge. I mean, Margaret River is three hours from the closest city, which is Perth. And that's like a four hour flight from Adelaide where most of the other folks Holy I work with are. Shit. So it's, it's. Just, you were doing like an angsty teenage road trip basically. by accident. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And there's, you know, the first time I got there, I flew to Sydney and then got another six hour flight to Perth and then rented a car and drove on the wrong side of the, well, for me, the wrong side of the road with like kangaroos jumping all no. over the place. But aren't they, are they nice? Have you pet a kangaroo? Oh God, no. I mean, I they're not. They're not nice. Well, I haven't pet one. They're a little scary. Like they're they can, like they can fuck you up. They can knock you down. Like, do they beat people huge. up? I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of them. You're not. They kick people. It's like you're really not supposed scary. to go you, near you them. Don't, mm -mm. They flex. Like they have these crazy huge biceps, no. and it's really. Do they look intense. sort of human? Uh, sort of like deer plus. Yeah, the like the deer monkey part. Yeah, <laughs> like what's that bicep about? I don't know. Deer but monkey. I haven't gotten close <laughs> Your enough to really room. figure it out. I like watching them frolic in the distance. I don't need. To and be the much babies closer. in the sack. I mean, it's yeah. Really I haven't too cute. seen that yet. I that heard that like cute. they're actually kind of pretty they can fit like a pretty big sized toddler kangaroo and they, they just like they go boing boing into the sack i i haven't seen that. it i, I mean we could it. youtube it everybody <laughs> pull up youtube no <laughs> so yeah australia is huge there's kangaroos there's koalas but really i mean i'm from northern california and when i went to the adelaide hills it's like oh this feels like home like it's mm. really you know the Adelaide Hills are like Occidental. They're oh, beautiful. Pretty rolling hills. Instead of oak trees, there's eucalyptus trees. Instead of deer, there's kangaroos. But other than that, it's a pretty relaxed vibe. People are super nice. 
I wonder if kangaroos have Lyme disease too. Sidebar, uh, medical podcast, know. phone it in. But apparently lots of koalas have chlamydia. So it's sad for yeah. them. Yikes. They're so freaky. Ugh. So it's be- that's so interesting. Do they face similar weather patterns as California? Like, Yeah. In terms of climate, it's it felt really, really similar. Obviously the seasons are opposite, but you know, days in the summer are hot, like maybe 80, 90 degrees. In the winter, there's tons of rain, but it doesn't really snow. So the weather patterns are super similar. If you go into the Barossa or some other regions like that, they get a little hotter and more sort of, I think- Which are like people- the more famous- yeah. Areas for like Grenache or Barossa, I sort of Riesling think of or? as like the Napa. It's valley floor, it. like richer, like clay soils, big red shreds. And they're gonna you know, knock inky you over lines. like a kangaroo. Exactly. <laughs> Can you do the accent? Oh, God, no. Mm-mm. I watched Conan O'Brien's travel show to Australia. You should watch it because it'll give you some tips on how to relate on- <laughs> to the Australians. Does uh, he try to do the accent? Oh, yeah. He gets like a speech class and it's like the, oh, wow. they tell you to not move anything except talk from the back at that. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it, but I can't do it. Right, that's well, not that's, that's, that's Scottish. No, that's Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, you, it is Austin. Yes. <laughs> I hate to interrupt, but we got to take a quick moment to just hear about a cool product I'm really into. Okay, listen, I am a terrible flyer. I hate it. It makes me super nervous. I was just flying coast to coast, going on vacation, and the way back, crazy turbulence. And when we get nervous, when our cortisol spikes, when we get stressed, you know what happens. We sweat. And sometimes you get that stinky sweat. But I was not afraid on this flight because I had put on my native coconut deodorant. If you don't know about Native, I think it's a really amazing product. Native creates safe, simple, effective products. They have amazing ingredients, trusted ingredients, tested, and it actually works. That crazy turbulent flight, I smell delicious. I smelled amazing. None of that stressy smell. Listen, here is a little 411 about Native. Formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc, It's filled with ingredients that are found in nature, like coconut oil, which is antimicrobial, shea butter, which moisturizes, tapioca, starch, which absorbs wetness. This product is not tested on animals, and there's free shipping and returns. I mean, that is insane. Less is more with Native. Like, there's fewer, more simple ingredients. It's literally my kind of product. And there's all kinds of enticing scents for men and women. I would say it's a no-brainer. You got to get down with the Native. And I have a special offer for you, which is really exciting. There is a promo code. So what you want to do is for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code WINEFACE during checkout. So 20% off your first purchase. You could load up on sticks and sticks. You go to nativedeodorant.com and use a promo code WINEFACE at checkout and you are going to be set. And trust me, you will not have regrets. All right, y'all. Stay fresh. Stay clean. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. You mentioned this kind of briefly, like iced over it a little, Mm -hmm. but 
Can you talk about what are your barometers to include someone in your portfolio? Because a lot Mm -hmm. of times I talk about the people who are going out, like yourself, who are importing wine. They are the boots on the ground. They're vetting these winemakers. And it's kind of like curating an art gallery. It's creating a like-minded space. Mm -hmm. What are your drop dead, like this must be how you're making the wine and growing the grapes? Like, So I have a really specific criteria. I don't like list this on my website or anything because I don't know, people can get sort of up in arms about some of these things. And so if you don't want to talk about it, no, 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 no. I'm I'm happy to talk about it. For instance, I'll only work with wines that come from organically farmed fruit. Right. If someone is making wine where some of the wines are from organically farmed fruit and some aren't, I don't want to work with them. And it's nothing personal. It's just, I want to make sure that when you see, you know, test brand selections on the back level, you know, at minimum, the fruit is organic. Maybe it's biodynamic, maybe it's something else, but at minimum, it's organic. I only work with wines that are fermented with native yeast, mm-hmm. that are unfined and unfiltered. The big question, which gets everybody upset, is added sulfites. Right. So for me- Let's talk about um, that. Yeah. So natural wine is obviously a term that people use. Yeah. <laughs> and when I- s- And misuse. And misuse. Yeah. It's, all the time. It's all the time. That's for me, For me, there's the component of the farming and there's the component of the winemaking. So in the vineyard, it has to be at least organic. And then in the winery, preferably there's nothing added and nothing taken away. So that's to me the most pure form of natural wine. So no added sulfites, no added yeast, no added color, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep. I did make the decision when I started my business to have a little bit of leeway in terms of a little bit of added sulfites. A couple of the producers I work with add- depending on the wine, 10 to 20 parts. Mm. And that's vintage specific. Vintage a specific, lot of cases. bottle specific. They yeah. don't add it just as a formula every time. Right. We talk about it all the time. And they, the idea for me is hopefully that everybody's working towards adding nothing right. as sort of a goal if it's not there already. Because just to give people a context here is the idea is if you become a better farmer and you understand the winemaking practice and like how to prepare your cellar, how to execute at like a really high level, not with like a lot of money, but with a lot of thought Mm -hmm. that like you can make wine without adding sulfur and without flaws. 100%. Or excessive flaws. Absolutely. Or any flaws. Any flaws. Yeah, I've I've had had a lot of zero, zero. I've had many, many wines that have nothing added that are perfect, beautiful, perfect, clean. They can age Mm -hmm. both from California and from Australia and from France. I mean, Flaws can be in any wine, no matter if there are added sulfites or not. So certainly people can get sloppy and sulfites are a way to kind of clean up things a little bit sometimes. To add them as a rule, I I think is unnecessary personally. But, you know, it's it's not about saying like what's good or bad either. It's just sort of this is what I'm interested in working with and this is what I'm interested in drinking. And if other people do things other ways, then that's fine. It doesn't mean anybody's doing it wrong. It's just different. You're in a no judgment zone. I do my best. And you're trying not to be judged. Do you think people get up in arms about the natural wine movement and the sort of visibility that many individuals, many of whom we know, Mm -hmm. have helped sort of bring these boats into the current of the wine industry, whereas Mm -hmm. before they were like marginalized and outcast? It's a really interesting time because I'm very like chill. Like I don't like to talk shit. I don't Mm -hmm. like to, I love all other wine shops except the really big ones or supermarkets, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Even then I'm like, whatever. It's not my, I stay in my lane, you know? I think it's just an interesting kind of sad. It's like, cause I think some people are taking it on as a judgment. 
that like we're we're saying this is better when really it's just kind of a lifestyle choice. Exactly. And that's why I want to be really clear that I don't think people are doing something wrong when they make choices about their winemaking. Everybody can make choices for themselves. But when I started my business, I was like, this is an opportunity to do it exactly the way I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And that's really all that matters. I mean, in my last job, I sold all kinds of wine and I drank all kinds of wine. And now, I mean, there's so much wine in the world. I can be as specific as I want. Yeah. Both in terms of what I'm drinking with dinner and in terms of what I'm selling. And I don't think it's a problem if people want to drink other wine or think what I'm doing is unusual or specific. It's just... This is what I'm doing. I'm happy we're talking about it because I do. I have a lot of customers or maybe even people who listen to this podcast. I don't really know. I have friends who like they don't actually like natural wine like Mm -hmm. or they haven't had enough examples of like good natural wine because there's bad natural wine, too. Of course. Like and I think a lot of people just think like it's natural. It's good. But they apply the term natural wine to like stuff that's organic, Mm -hmm. but it's not a natural wine, technically. Or stuff that's just low alcohol or stuff that's an unusual grape or stuff that has a cute label. And it's just... (laughs) I've never had that happen, but... Oh, I've seen that. That would be bad. Hopefully it's not from the SOM end. Hopefully it's... No, no, I don't think... More from um, the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. What is your impression of the Los Angeles wine scene compared to San Francisco where you lived and worked? How are we doing down here? I think LA is super fun. Yeah. I love coming down to LA to drink and sell wine. It seems like there's a lot of people who are willing to take risks and buy something that they haven't tasted or, you know, spend money on a glass of wine instead of on a cocktail. Yeah. In San Francisco, there's a huge kind of cocktail culture and it can be hard to sell especially unusual wine by the glass people still sort of want like chardonnay from sonoma right it's like, okay it can be good but maybe <laughs> try something else and in la i found people have been super open-minded and there are in particular some great you know retailers who stock their shelves with really unusual wines and a lot of natural wines and a lot of natural-ish wines, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Natural adjacent. It's kind of what a term I throw around. People or natty like, light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Natty light. Like people mm-hmm. are like, what does that mean? I'm like, you know, they go like 90% of the way and then there's a little sulfur or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I think being honest is the most important thing. And that's, I mean, in terms of all these, you know, words, I just try to use information when I'm you yeah. know, talking about wine and selling wine, we're using the word natural wine a lot or the phrase natural wine a lot right now. But generally, I try to say it's farmed this way. Yeah. This is added or not added. And then other people can add their own, you know, words or judgments on top. But uh, I think the information is really good. So at home, mm-hmm. Sonoma. Oh, and we're going to taste some wines from yeah. Australia. Should I open one? Open one. Okay. Yeah, let's open them. And um, the, I'm really excited because if you're scared about the pet nap, we can we can avert. We, we might have another explosive situation. I am super excited. I have maybe, I've not had these specific wines, so I'm stoked. And it'll be really cool because normally we taste wines that I have in the shop. This is kind of like a prequel. Everyone's on preview. This is not just a prequel. This is uber prequel. This is 2019. So it's not even here yet. <laughs> no, it's not here yet. This Mark and Alicia are visiting from the Adelaide Hills and they- Are those koalas? These are koalas. There are koalas on the label. Oh yeah. There are two koalas making out Must on the label. Must be natural wine. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. This is the first wine they bottled from 2019. So okay. So this is Baraccio. This is Baraccio. Yeah. The winemaker. It's Mark and Alicia and they're a husband and wife team and they have become dear friends of mine and they were a big part of me starting my business and they only have two exporters, a woman Luli in Japan and me and Amazing. we were the first ones to buy their wines and they make 
pink wine, pink Petna, which is mm-hmm. what we're tasting right now. It is so perfectly pink. This is my kind of pink. It's not perfect pink. It's cloudy and juicy and yeah, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks like, I'm not saying because it's natural wine, it just looks like something you would grow and yeah. then like make into a real jam. Well, it looks to me sort of nourishing. Like mm-hmm. it's not pristine and stripped of all of its soul. It has this that sort is of- so, That is so freaking good. We can curse, but I'm trying to curse less. Be a good example. I just had to drink it. We have spit cups, but okay. what is this made from? What grape variety? So this is Pinot. Um, 100%. 100% Pinot. And something that they mm. do mm, in mm, general mm, is mm. they're taking grapes. I mean, they make rosé from Merlot or Sangiovese that's super light and juicy, Sauvignon that has some skin contact. Not typical for Australia. This is delicious. So it's like a turquoise label with some purple upside down kissing koalas. <laughs> It's called the Pash Rash. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What's a Pash Rash? <laughs> is it a rash I want to get? Uh, probably, <laughs> yeah. Pashing is making out. No so way. Pash I, Rash. Oh my God. Is, um, is, a, uh, is an Aussie colloquial phrase, I guess, when you're like making out with somebody who has some stubble. Oh, that's uh, my husband. Yep. <laughs> husband, not husband. I, we're not married, but husband, not husband. Um, partner, partner, main man. Yeah. Well, he has a beard and it's actually very soft. It's not like a sharp knife situation. Well, it sounds like you're used to it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe in the beginning there Truth was some more pash teller. rash. <laughs> yeah, there might have been more pash rash. Mm-hmm. My skin has gotten accustomed. This is amazing. I love this wine. So when will this be available? So the winemakers are in town. It's the last week of August. Mm-hmm. We're tasting this now. Yeah, so the wine is on a boat somewhere. Heard. Maybe close to Hawaii, something like Stay that. Stay away from those pirates. Oh, absolutely. Does that ever happen? Uh, Are there pirate scares mm, for wine ships? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Although my friend did have a container entirely freeze on the water on the way over Mm-mm. here. That was unfortunate in the middle of winter, but- Froze um, where? He was getting it from Eastern Europe, so I'm not exactly Damn. sure where it froze. I know. It was a bummer. I have a lot of this coming up September. I'm so September. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Stone's throw. On its way. We will let the people know. I love this wine. It's like dry, but juicy and salty and like leaves your mouth wanting to just like keep drink on drinking more of yeah. it. It's Moorish. It's Moorish. <laughs> more is more. It's Natty Light Moorish. It's not Natty Light, but I love that term. Oh, this is full Natty. Full Natty. Oh, yeah. Full natty. When you're in Sonoma, like what, we talk a lot about hot tips for entertaining. Mm -hmm. What are your, or not entertaining yourself is a thing I Mm -hmm. do every weekend. I'm like, just for Alex and I, (laughs) entertaining myself. What's your routine? Like, what are things you cook? What would you make with this wine? Oh, wow. Well, this wine, I think maybe it's a little cliche, but it kind of can go with a lot of things. Mm, I'm just going to drink it. The routine in Sonoma, there's a couple good farmer's markets. Mm. There's a great one in Occidental. There's a great one in Sebastopol and one in Sonoma. And I mean, it's been summertime. We've just been barbecuing pretty much every night. It's the best. Yeah. We've been barbecuing mm-hmm. every weekend. Oh my gosh. It's I like wish I could do every night. cooking as many things on the grill as possible. What's the craziest thing you cooked on, or the thing that turned out the best? We've been doing, there's this huge fig tree next to <gasps> our house. And so we've been wrapping whole fish in fig leaves and putting them on the grill. What? It's insanely delicious. Do you know a lot about fig trees? Mm, I have a random question. Mm, pr- I probably don't know the answer, but you can ask. Well, we brought a fig tree in our backyard back to life, mm-hmm. and it's bearing fruit. But everyone says don't eat the first fruit for a comeback tree. Oh, this I might have... be another question for Google. Yeah. But I bet we could eat the f- the leaves. I never even thought oh, about yeah, that. you can use the leaves. You can wrap like fresh ricotta inside the leaves and put them <gasps> on the fire. And that's something that Camino in Oakland used to do all the time. Wait, ju- no fish. You just put ricotta no fish. Yeah. in the leaves mm-hmm. and yeah. then put it. 
on Wrap the grill. It up, like maybe put a little string on it or something. Put it on the grill and then the flames sort of like toast the Ooh, fig leaf and it makes yeah. the cheese super, super tasty. I bake a lot of bread. And what? so anything that can go on bread. I'm bread? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what does a fig leaf crispy taste like? It gets this sort of like nutty, almost coconut flavor, mm. like fresh coconut meat. It's really Quite I'm doing exciting. that mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's a really hot tip for entertaining. <laughs> Everybody in L.A. has fig trees. Pet not everyone. fig leaves. Fat nat ricotta mm-hmm. fig leaves. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, I love I love grilling. I did an episode early in the summer about how the skewer life chose me. Mm-hmm. It was the summer of skewering. Oh, wow. And marinating. And then that's me skewering. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like something else, guys. You're, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, anything on an open flame. Do you guys use a Weber? Talk mm-hmm. to me about your yeah. grill Just stitch. a simple little Weber. Same. Nothing complicated. Okay. Or drive around with a cooler. And find a camp spite, camping spot. Camp spite. Camp spite. Camp spot. We had a little of the pash rash. Now we're all lit. It's 10 a.m. This pash rash. Camp spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just did some events and wine dinners up in Seattle and the San Juan Islands. Oh, my gosh. And uh, tried to camp as much as possible in between them. So you can just kind of roll from tent to work, which is great. What? But we, yeah, if you keep some supplies in the car, you can just put a cast iron on a fire by the beach and then roll into your wine tasting you smelling going, like smoke. Are you going to make a survival guide? Like what? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. The guys from Joe B <laughs> made one, but I think there's a female version that could be made. Oh, wow. And it could be West Coast and it could be like survival in Sonoma, but then it talks about like, this is such a, like, what is in your car? <laughs> <laughs> My- Do you want to taste uh, anything else? Yeah. It's up to you. I'm stoked. I'll probably taste these again in the afternoon. Let's see. Do you want to try one with a bin chicken on it or one with a flower on it? Let's, How about this one? Let's do the flower. We'll do one more and we'll do a flower. Yay. Oh, my God. Oh, this is gorgeous. What's your best camping meal that you've been able to pull off? Oh. A lot of people have been talking about camping. I think about survival a lot because I do think everyone's going to need to show their survival skills. So if we can get a little test, Brian. Okay, so I travel with my bread starter. I haven't been able to figure out how to bake it on the campfire yet, but I can make flatbreads. Whoa. I also made these like huge batches of sort of sauerkrauty stuff. So we were traveling with like regular condiments, olive oil, salt and pepper. We had some bacon and greens in the car for whatever. We have, you know, a cooler of supplies. How long does everything stay cold? Do you just well, keep you adding just, ice? Yeah, keep adding ice. Okay. Well, and hopefully Normal you're like cooler. eating things also. Right. So it's not like you're storing it for a week or something. Because like the pickled stuff, does it need to be refrigerated? Like it was like you had preserved it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the best camping meal this summer was... On Lopez Island in the San Juan Islands. Gotta go. Um, they're so, the islands are so insanely beautiful. Is it where the light just continues forever? Yeah. I've been long to- Long summer days. Lummy mm-hmm. Island. I've been there. Lummy is great. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there in a long time, but Lummy is great. So let's see. Yeah, we had some supplies in the car and we stopped at- They have all these farm stands, you know, where you just leave some cash in the box. And Love they those. have Sometimes they just have weird blackberries or, you know, whatever, or frozen meat. Um, but this place had fresh clams- Five types of fresh oysters, all from the island, and then whole salmon. Shut up. Yeah. And like they had this whole king salmon for $40. What? Nuts. Oh my so we got a couple little pieces of salmon and then the whole one for dinner later. But we found a campsite on the beach, and we didn't camp or anything, but we had a fire pit. So we did clams with white wine and bacon over the fire. <gasps> 
What's he know? You're Some good bread? You're speaking my language. And then we made this big salad and grilled the salmon like directly on the fire. And it was maybe 11 in the morning and still super misty. And it was just really fantastic. That sounds so romantic. Is this your partner you're traveling with? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. And we had my uh, friend Brian recently opened a wine shop on Bainbridge, of all places, Bainbridge Island. So what? he had supplied us with some extra, actually, pet nuts. So uh, This is amazing. Yeah. It was good. What size tent do you go for? Okay, so now we're drinking a Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris. So this is also from Mark and Leisha. I have their wines out today because they're visiting. So. Yeah. Baraccio, more pink wine. But this is macerated Pinot Gris. It's such a pretty, oh my God. So skin contact. Yeah. yeah. Skin contact Pinot Gris. Yes, Mm -hmm. because it is pink. It's got a darker color. Mm -hmm. Pinot Gris has um, freckles on the skin. So this is a sort of, they love Northern Italian wine, Radicon, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to experiment with different. No, it's so good. (laughs) With different skin contacty wines. And this is one of the more vigorous that they've made, like darker in color and has, you know, some pretty good structure to it considering it looks like a rosé. So you're calling it skin contact. So do you think it technically is an orange wine because Pinot Gris is a white wine grape or how would you, do you Um, veer away from boxes like that? The consumer likes boxes, I think. Yeah. Like if somebody came in and asked for an orange wine, I think you could certainly sell it to Mm -hmm. them, sell this wine to them. I wouldn't, I would just call it skin contact because I think it's simpler and again, more like information. And more to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of talking about, you know, so many wines that are orange, quote mm-hmm. unquote, are really, really light in color and not orange at all, or super, super dark and nearly brown and kind of frightening looking. Yeah. And so it just, it's such a, I don't find the term super useful, but mm-hmm. talking about skin contact is like, you know, just a fact of the winemaking and can add different levels of of color or texture, just depending. It is so pretty. It's gorgeous. It has a gorgeous label, but they make really pretty wines. This is—they've only been making wine for three years. That's it's impossible. <laughs> They're really good at it. They're really good at it. I want to go camping. Let's all and go drink camping these in wine. Australia. Yeah, I do. Okay, I used to go camping every family vacation when I was growing up. Was camping mm-hmm. all over the United States. We go to islands where we'd have the whole island. It was really like oh, wow. amazing, adventurous camping, but. As I've gotten older, I don't know whether I have like PTSD from camping so much. Like I was like, just put me in a hotel room. Let's go to Disneyland. I have a hard time getting my camp legs. And oh, we have funny. like a German shepherd who like. Makes it more complicated. Yeah. Like, yo, he's got to roll with, but I don't know mm-hmm. how he'd do in a tent. He'd be like up panting all night being like, guard <laughs> on y'all. I got this. Any crunched branch is like yeah. full alert. He's like, yeah. what the fuck? But we do have a Volkswagen like older bus. Oh, cool. So maybe we oh, could camp in that. Yeah. Yeah. We just put a little mattress down. It's funny. I grew up in the country, so we never went camping because we just had the woods out there all around all the time. And my yeah. parents aren't super outdoorsy anyway. But now this is like a camping renaissance. Mm. It's been great. Ah, oh, I need to do it. And you have someone that you're with who's excited about camping too. Yes. That makes a big difference. It does make a big difference. And who wants to get whole sides of salmon? Eat them over salads, fig grill leaves. it. <laughs> fig leaves with ricotta. I'm totally trying that this weekend. I have a fig tree. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Okay, Tess, thank you so much. This was awesome. Everybody, Tess Bryant's the best. Uh, she periodically comes to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but you should follow her on Instagram. Is it just Tess Bryant Selections? It's Tess Bryant.wine. 
Oh, I like it even more. To the point. To the point. TessBryant.wine. I will link it in the show notes. And we carry some of her wines. You can come to Helen's or you can search Tess Bryant on the website and we'll pull up the wines we have from her. So come and support this amazing woman who just did it on her own, doing it for herself. <laughs> What's your goal? Like, how many more winemakers do you want to bring on board? Sorry, last question. Final oh, yeah, question. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't want, like, 50 winemakers. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, somewhere in the 20s sounds great. I mean, all these people are my friends, and they'll come and stay at my house, so I can only have so many house guests. I love that. Um, right now, I'm really happy with the number of people mm-hmm. I'm working with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I said, they're all my friends, and hopefully more of them will be coming to visit nice. until more people start you know, making this type of wine too, then it's, it's sort of, there's a lot of people who need like a business license and I'd love to start importing their wine, right? but they're on their first vintage or their second vintage. And so, so there's sort of being a little patient and waiting for the cycle to, to evolve organically instead of trying to collect any winemaker who happens to make something. There's more to interesting. come. There's more to come. You have yeah. patience. And I'd rather develop relationships with people and let it grow, you know, slowly than just blast it out. I love that. Anybody coming for raw? wine in November. Not as of Not now. this year. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. There's a there's a wine fair called Sulfur in Melbourne where it's their, you know, supernatural wine festival, which is really Sulfur. cool. Yeah. Ironic. S O U L F O R. Sulfur. Mm-hmm. It's all wines from organic fruit with nothing added. And it sort of conflicts with some of the tasting schedules over here. But I'm going to be over there for that, partying Hell with those yeah. guys. Camping. And, uh, oh my God, I got to get to <laughs> Australia. Oh. Come in November. Tess, thank you so much. So at TessBryant.wine, come by Helen's. There's wine here. Uh, I think if you live outside of California, you distribute in New York. New York, New Jersey, Washington, Texas, um, Massachusetts, working on a few other states. Okay, cool. And I always recommend if you're in one of those states, you can email Tess Bryant Selections website. If you want to know know. who buys the wine, where can you get it, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Sweet Tess, thank you so thank much. You, Helen. Thank you. Tess is just the best. I want to thank Tess Bryant again for coming on. We have her wines in the shop. I already said it, but come on by or search the website for Tess Bryant. You can find her wines there. Shoot us an email, info at Helen's Wines, if you want to get more info on her wines. Follow her on Instagram. This is Wine Face the little podcast I'm doing to break down the ins and outs of the wine industry, wine education to a more digestible and pleasant level. And of course, I'm Helen, your host from Helen's Wines, the Gembox Wine Shop located in the back of John and Vinny's. If you liked what you heard today, please, I would love you to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to my podcast, Wine Face. Any feedback is welcome feedback. So hit me up on my direct messaging function of my Instagram at Helen's Wines. Let me know what you like. If you don't like something or if you want to hear about something specific, I know some of you want to hear about Portugal. We're going to do it. Thank you and have the best day. Wine Face out. 